Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with CEO of Pizon Properties, Matthew Pizon. He is a former chemical engineer and Fulbright scholar who left the corporate world to become a full-time real estate investor after nine years of side hustling. As the owner of Pizon Properties, a team of local Pennsylvania buy and hold experts who purchase and approve rental properties in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. He is always eager to share how to find, finance, and reposition deals in a competitive but shifting market. Enjoy this interview. Good to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you too. Thanks for connecting. Yeah, you bet. Where are you coming out of? So I'm out of Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay, right on. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's yeah. great. Where, where are you based middle... out of again? I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, good for you. Okay, great. Yeah. Land yeah. of Mahomes. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It's great to meet you. And, you know, before we get into your very interesting life and pivot from chemical engineering to real estate, I want to begin with another very major pivot we all went through, which was the pandemic for the last three and a half years. Oh, yeah. How did you get through that COVID period and how did it change you? Yeah, so COVID was, um, it was interesting to say the least. So being in the real estate business, um, there were uh, moratoriums in place. Um, there was a lot of funding. So navigating how did, okay, how does the, if the tenant's out of their job, how do they apply for these funding programs? They're all new. Um, and then what do you do if the tenant still isn't able to pay and just navigating those things? So um, if you look at our data, actually our collections in 2020, 2021, early 2022 are actually better then than they were now just because of all the assistance. So we actually navigated quite well. Yeah. So let's get to the true essence of what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's right. career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? Um, I provide housing. So we basically provide uh, uh, a roof over families' heads, and we do repairs to make sure that that shelter and housing is uh, um, uh, is fixed and uh, safe, affordable, and functional. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? I wanted to be a chemical engineer, ironically. Okay. Um, yeah, So, um, which is what I was before I, I found out what my my next dream is, um, I'm assuming it always will be, but real estate. So I, I come from, uh, I'm the fourth generation engineer in my family and okay. I knew I wanted to be an engineer. I just didn't know what kind. Um, then I figured out it was chemical and now it's real estate investing. That's interesting. So let's go back to the beginnings of your life. Where were you born and raised? And other than coming, coming from a lineage of engineers, what were some of the seeds that ultimately made you want to pivot and get into real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and then uh, from there, my family moved over uh, around different places. Um, my parents split up when I was in the third grade. So um, because of some of those dynamics and, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I remember running UPS routes and stuff like that with my parents when I was a kid trying to make Christmas happen and stuff. So because of those things, uh, financial security and independence was always important to me from a young age. Um, and so uh that's how I, I uh, those seeds were planted early uh, for me. And then I didn't know exactly how to get there, but I, I was always strong technically with, with math and science. Um, and so um, that's what drew me to engineering. And I, I still do this less now, but I, I always was drawn to using mathematics and the laws of the universe, basically science to help people and solve their problems. Um just it wasn't able to provide the the financial means that that I was I was looking to achieve. So coming from Allentown, 
the Billy Joel song. Is that, <laughs> are you guys over it? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't like that guy. I mean, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> I've heard I that think, before. Yeah. <laughs> I think originally it was written about Bethlehem Steel, which is the next town over, which was the largest steel company, um, in the world at one time. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, but I don't think it rhymed <laughs> for Billy Joel. So <laughs> that's wild. But it's, it's in the part of my driver and being from this area is, is, is proving Billy Joel wrong. So Billy Joel, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm fixing it. So I'm part of the solution <laughs> here in Allentown. So maybe you'll rewrite another song sometime. An addendum. I actually interviewed the trumpet player that's on tour with him, uh, Carl Fisher. And okay. if I ever have the chance to reconnect, I'm going to say, look, I got just something I want to throw out and I'm going to throw it out there. So, you know, what's interesting, you know, I go to the microbreweries. I'm in a little town outside of Kansas City called Lee Summit, and which is the same model for a lot of towns across America and even the world. Lots of microbreweries, lots of people making beer. And I heard that a lot of engineering students got to a point where they knew how to do it. They liked to drink beer. They wanted to make money and they came out of school and they did that. Have you heard that, too? One of my brother's good friends um, owns a brewery in uh, in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. So I've I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Okay, because that's what they told me. They were like, all these guys that are in college sitting around, like, do I really want to be in a dull corporate job or do I want to do something more vibrant? And they all started opening up these breweries, making money. They already know how to make the beer, and then they just have this life where they hire people to kind of be the brewmaster or do whatever you have to do. So that's what a cool twist of fate with all of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I, I see a lot of the breweries popping up. It's a great, great thing. So, yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this in your life of obviously being highly motivated. Who's been a hero for you? Uh, that's a good question. So um, rest his soul, Sam Zell. Um, he passed away um, a couple of months ago and um, he has been an inspiration for me because, I mean, if you if you look into his whole story, uh, he, he was born um, just before, um, and I forget which exact country, it might have been Poland, but um, before Nazi Germany took over, his family escaped. They were on the last train out, and he made it in the United States, and he'd been through so much um, and really amassed. And he, he's the, the, the father of the REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust, and um, I look up to him in so many ways, um, many of which because I don't, I don't do ground-up construction. I buy existing and improve it. And that's Sam Zell's, um, model. So, um, I really look up to Sam, um, over, you know, overcame a lot of obstacles to get where he was. Um, and, uh, and he always said it like it is. So, so if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it would definitely be someone in the real estate space. You know, one of the, you know, invitation homes guys or, you know, one, one of those guys, um, just, you know, how, how did you get from where, where I'm at to where they are? Right. So. So speaking of somebody that's highly motivated in the real estate realm, what is that for you every day? What motivates you? What gets you out of bed? What gets you to want to accomplish what you want to get done? Um, I think I've, I've always been motivated to, um, create something for my family, um, and to, um, have financial independence for some of the things that I said just about childhood reasons and things. I wanted to feel that purpose and worth. Um, a really concrete example is my wife had twins. Um, in September. So, you know, we now have three under three. So there's, there's a a family motivator and then, and then a personal motivator. I mean, I was, I was told my first job out of college in 2010 was the depths of the great recession. I was a new engineer. There were barely any jobs, but I I got one 
And my boss at the time, um, it was an IT role. I had little training. There were no procedures, no documentation. And it was kind of like, here you go, figure it out and build these servers. And I wasn't really good at it. I was a chemical engineer. And he, he told me uh, in, in a group meeting that I was the worst employee he ever had and <laughs> the company should fire me. And I just, I realized like, look, you know, I, I want to make my own way. I'm not, I don't need someone else to, um, to provide a job or now I, I did side hustle for years, but I, I knew at that moment that I was going to try to become free from someone else's opinion of me dictating my future. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I have my day job is as an IT technician and it's funny oh, how that used to happen in companies. They would s- try to save money. They would throw you in. Now you have to have certifications and there's all these specifications. But yeah. way back in the day, like I started in the late nineties, you just got grandfathered in. You learned on the job. Yeah. And that's just it. You, you, you sank or swam. Yeah. One, one day. And it was this old code. It's called ACL coding. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's very ancient code and not to, not to get all techie, but I'll never forget this moment. I spent a day trying to, I kept this code kept breaking. It wouldn't run. Why wouldn't it load? And it was because in this language, a greater than was an exclamation point. And oh, I knew at that moment, I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, br- I spent an entire day and that's what it was because I put the wrong symbol and it would be a normal symbol that most people would put. So, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done with that's this. It. No, I knew, I knew that w- I knew I had to move on from, from that space at some point. Now I, I continued to work as a W2 employee for 13 years thereafter, yeah. but I knew that at that moment and other moments that yeah. I needed to pave my own way. Yeah. There's always a calling, you know, sometimes it makes sense. Other times you just got to get out. For, for sure. me, it was an exclamation point uh, yeah, and, and it. some mean words from my, my first boss, you know, but, uh, and there's more, but those are just some of the examples. <laughs> what a metaphor, you know? So, um, yeah. so let me ask you this of all of the things that you've done professionally, what's been the best feedback, the best fan letter, so to speak, you've ever gotten that I've received. Yeah. Um, uh, persistence and, and, and grit. Um, you know, my, my, my boss who, um, I actually moved on, I worked for him for six years. I moved on last year and he, um, he, I, I would get stuck at some points or even get 85 to 90 wave percent of the way through the a project. And I would, you know, I wouldn't want to get it across the goal line or there'd be b- barriers or obstacles. And he just, he drilled into me persistence, grit, get it done. You can do it. And I, I, I say that with my team today, let's not let the, let's not let the little, challenges or even the moderate level challenges stop us let's let's bulldoze through that yeah for sure so at the end of the day let's say you have a dream tonight you run into a much younger version of yourself like when you were getting into chemical engineering and you had this idea in your head and you could give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've gained the life experiences you've lived through what advice would you give your younger self yeah, that's a good question. I think about that sometimes. Um, I would, I would try to tell my younger self to not work so hard on the wrong things, but work hard on the right things. And what I mean by that is I used to cut my budget excessively where I wouldn't do social things with friends. I wouldn't go out to eat. I was living in a friend's basement to try to save money and I was working hard. But I wasn't working hard in the right areas. Um, I, I didn't understand about finance and money and how you can leverage um, capital to achieve the same result that I was doing by basically um, uh, lowering my quality of life. So I would tell my younger self to expand my means, expand my thinking rather than cut it. 
So the one thing about real estate for most people out there, it's one of the biggest investments. It's one of the biggest movers, like economically speaking, that they're going to do in their lives. And as someone that's a real estate expert, I'm curious, you know, real estate's really chained to kind of what's going on with the economy at the time. Is there ever truly a good time or truly a bad time to move and get involved with it? Um, I usually think of it that it's not timing the market, it's time in the market that matters with real estate. So real estate is um, kind of slow and dumb in the sense that the, the the trends are longer term trends. You could see if people are moving into an area or moving out. You can see if they're blighted homes or not blighted homes. So I don't really, for, for the listeners, I, I don't think that there's a time where you could say, uh, there are few times that in over the last hundred years where you could point to and say, that was a bad time. Um, you know, maybe 2006, 2007. Um, but it, it's really time in the market than timing the market. More for real estate, it, it has to work with um, your individual situation and um, and you have to be prepared. You have to have your, your finances in order, good credit, all those things. That's more important to me than the timing. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you're in control. You run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Well, uh, there, there are different, um, different lenses and different perceptions that I see myself through. So I see myself, um, in the career space as a real estate investor, um, someone who provides housing and services to families. Um, I also see myself as a father, uh, as a husband, um, as a, a family man. So there, there are different spaces that I see myself as, um, and then, um, just you know, what's my emotional health, my mental health spiritual health, uh, physical health. So I, I look at myself in those ways, the different compartments, and how can I maximize those? Um, so depending on the area that I'm looking at myself through and the lens and what my goals are in that area, that that's how I, I tend to perceive myself. And not that I'm you know, a specialist or the best in any of those particular areas, but it's all about optimizing and getting better every day for me. So obviously you spent a lot of time getting into chemical engineering and it was, it was your passion, it was your life. How has that helped you now? Or have you ever thought about getting back into that in some capacity at some point? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so there are rules for chemical engineering and principles. Like a simple example is gravity, right? Like everyone knows the story of Newton, the apple falls on his head, you know, and then he, he, you know, discovers what gravity is and from there took it from there. It's the same with chemical engineering, but it's, it's the same with finance and real estate. So there are rules. There are just universal truths. There are principles that when applied work. And when they do not, when they are not applied or not adhered to, they don't work. <laughs> so what I learned from chemical engineering, I learned about safety factors. Um, you can't, you can't size something to right up to where it, it's going to work. But if anything goes wrong, then it's going to break, right? So I learned about safety factors. I learned about following the rules and systems and processes. And a lot of that stuff is applicable to business. You have to know the laws of money and finance. You have to know the laws of people. How do you treat people? How do you hire? How do you treat a team? How are you a leader? All these different things have rules. And so once you know the rules, you can play the game. And so that's that's what I learned from chemical engineering is it's a framework and it can be applied to other areas. And, and of course, I, I do a lot of, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, math stuff like, is this investment profitable or not? But that's not the main thing that I learned from chemical engineering. I learned the principles and rules. Everything has some level of scientific backbone to it. You know, there's yes. an order, 
there's an order to the universe and all of these things fall within it. Well, that's right. And, and don't ask me to fix anything. Like you ask my wife, like, don't give me the tools. I'm not, the, I'm not the, that's why I went into chemical engineering and not mechanical or electrical. Because uh-huh. So I'm not, I didn't really get too much on the physical house. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's more just using, using the math, using the, my general understanding for its really to just figure out if the deal makes sense and how's the yep. deal doing mathematically. Absolutely. And we need that. We need it badly. So Matthew, if anyone out there wants to reach out to you, hire you, find out about what you're doing, where can they go? What can they do? Yeah, you can visit my my website, uh, peasonproperties.com. There's a form there. Um, you can reach out um, if you're interested in, in um, real estate investing or and we do a lot of things, uh, marketing, other things that we're doing online. So happy to meet. Um, just send, it, send us an email on, on our website and, and we can go from there. Right on. This has been great, man. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Music.